Does it make you go faster <laughs> or does it make you fatter? And there seems to be a major dispute, controversy, argument from this end, which is pasta makes you fat and it's a carbohydrate and it makes you feel bloated and you shouldn't eat it and it's bad for you. And there's a whole heap of people at this end who love pasta. They're from Italia. Or they just happen to love noodles and spaghetti and tortellini and fettuccine and all the yummy things that come from that beautiful country called Italy. Uh, and of course, there's lots of different other uh, noodles and spaghettis and countries that make food out of flour and water. And technically, that's what pasta is. It's flour and water. So it's grains and water. Sometimes there's added fat. And then, of course, there's the stuff that you put on the top of it. Uh, so there's bacon and cream and tomato sauce and onions and capsicum and all sorts of things can be added to pasta to make you go faster or make you fatter. <laughs> so which one is it? And there's always a really important question to ask when it comes to food, particularly as an exercise professional, because what we do as exercise professionals is obviously we specialize in exercise. How do I get people fit and how do I get people strong? The controversy comes in when we obviously have to fuel for that. How do I get people fit and strong? Uh, what's the petrol I've got to put in the car to make the athlete, make the person, make the human go faster or get stronger or lift heavier or kick higher or punch harder? Uh, whatever your goal is, should the food that you eat give you the energy to do the things that you want to do? Should the food that you eat help you perform at your best? Yes. <laughs> so how do you know what to eat? And I've always got a really interesting question when it comes to food because there's so much preaching, teaching, telling, do this, don't do that, can't have, mustn't have, shouldn't have, don't have. And if you ask pretty much anybody, what should I eat? Imagine Googling that or sending that out on social media. What should I eat? Uh, you will get millions, bazillions of responses to what you should eat. But my question is always this, what do you want to eat? I think that's a pretty important question when it comes to something that uh, whether you eat once a day, twice a day, three times a day, five times a day, uh, whatever you put into your body, should you want to put it in there? <laughs> should it be something that you really enjoy eating? And if it's not, and I get that some people don't eat for, for pleasure, some people eat for performance. So should we be able to demand from our food that our food gives us the performance that we want? So controversial topic and as an exercise professional I like to stay away from food because I think that everybody knows exactly what they like to eat people know what they don't like to eat people know how they feel before and after they eat uh, and I think it's just up to me as an exercise professional to ask the right questions so there's a the great series of questions and let's cover those off first if we have somebody who wants our help to get fit and strong should we be asking that all important question, what do you love to eat? If there was a food that you would always include in your eating plan, something that you would never want to live without, what would it be? And if somebody says, and I'm going to use the topic pasta, I love pasta, <laughs> then would it be a really cool thing to share with them that their healthy eating plan, their lifetime of eating will always include pasta? 
Would that be a really nice way to get somebody's headspace ready for the information that you might be giving them? Because is it possible that if we tell somebody can't have, mustn't have, don't have, shouldn't have, that's bad for you, that it's going to cause some challenges. It might make them angry, it might make them frustrated, it might make them annoyed with you, it might make them scared, it might make them feel guilty if they eat those foods. So whatever somebody loves to eat, could it be a great idea to share with them that at some stage in their healthy eating plan, we're always going to include that? Then the great question, what don't you like to eat? And if somebody says, oh, I hate pasta, even if you think that pasta is the ultimate high-performance meal for an athlete, if somebody doesn't like to eat it, why would you tell somebody you should eat pasta because it's an ultimate high-performance food for athletes? Uh, I, I grew out of that when I was a kid. How about you? Uh, Mum said, you need to eat this. And I said, no, I don't like it. I don't want to eat it. And maybe for the rest of our lives, we chose not to eat it because we don't like the taste of it. So as an exercise professional, I think they're two really important questions. What do you love to eat? And let's always include that. What don't you like to eat? And let's never include that. And that's really important headspace. Who knows somebody's body better than them? I could never, never even consider that I would know what happens with food inside somebody else's body. Now, there's a lot of anatomy physiology, body systems, digestive system, endocrine system, central nervous system, skeletal system, muscular system, how do they all work together to get high performance from the human body? But <laughs> regardless of the science, regardless of the physiology, is it possible that there are some foods that people just don't like and there are some foods that people absolutely love. And if you try and take that food away from them, they will either never have contact with you ever again, or there's now a headspace challenge, as I always share. If somebody thinks that a food's bad for them and they don't eat it, is it possible they get angry because they can't have it? Or they eat it and feel guilty. And I don't want either of those headspaces for anybody in my life. How about you? So pasta, what if somebody loves to eat pasta? Should we always include it in their healthy eating plan? And there's a great question, why and why not? Uh, and from a how does the human body work, would it be a really good idea for all foods, not just pasta, <laughs> uh, should we understand what a macronutrient is? what micronutrients are, how they work inside the body, what they're for. And even if you do understand all of that science, and it's all very exciting, is it possible that there are people that live outside the science? So if there's a recommendation of macronutrition, which is the four, the four macronutrients, alcohol, carbohydrate, protein, and fat, and it's been suggested that the body can live on all of those. Now, uh, I don't want to ever just live on alcohol or just live on butter or just live on meat or just live on pasta for that matter. But the, the, the macronutrient, just the, the, that word says, my body can survive on those if it has to. So if I can survive on carbohydrate, which is technically where pasta would sit, we would say pasta is a carbohydrate. It's made of flour and water. Sometimes there's butter added. Sometimes there's eggs added. But technically, that's a, a carbohydrate. Uh, interestingly, however, just be reminded that what you think is a carbohydrate or what you think pasta is could be that it comes with meat inside it, could be that it comes with a meat sauce, could be it comes in a tin with tomato sauce because spaghetti is technically flour and water mixed with tomato. 
uh, and there's all the different things that pasta comes with. So it could it be a great question to ask your client uh, when you say that you love pasta? What kind of pasta do you love? Is it the long skinny spaghettis? Is it the flat fettuccine? Do you like to eat gnocchi? Do you like to eat tortellini? What are the pastas that you love? And there's a really big difference, or could there be a big difference between a boiled pasta with tomato sauce on it versus uh, egg and cream pasta that's got uh, bacon and cheese and extra cheese and more cheese and more cream and more meat in it? Could there be a difference uh, between what that would do to the body? So if I'm looking at macronutrition, which is, again, carbohydrate, protein, fat, and alcohol, uh, when you have a look at a gorgeous Italian meal, you've probably got a nice combination of all of those. Uh, there's a fair, People would say, well, Italian food is predominantly carbohydrate. But if I've got meat in the pasta, then I've obviously got protein. Uh, if I'm having wine with my meal, I've obviously got alcohol. And if I'm cooked any part of that meal in fat or butter or olive oil or any of the things that uh, chefs use for cooking, and particularly in Italy, it's probably olive oil. Uh, then I'm going to have fat in my food as well. So what does the body do with all of those things? And it's probably a really good question to ask. If I want to get not fatter, I want to go faster. So I want to be in great shape and I want to go faster. I want to be a high-performing machine. What role does all of those macronutrients play in my body? And it's a question that I always ask all exercise professionals. And obviously, as a max exercise professional... Uh, it's part of the program. You really need to know and understand what the four macronutrients are, uh, where they come from, where they store inside the body, how your body utilizes and burns them up, uh, how, how do you get rid of them if you don't want to keep them inside your body. So uh, if we use pasta as the example, and let's just say that we're going to eat Italian. So we're going to have, if you drink, you're going to have a glass of wine, so you're getting alcohol. You've got pasta, so technically you've got flour, which is a carbohydrate. Uh, the meal was cooked in olive oil, so you're going to be getting fat. And if you're not a, a vegetarian, you're going to be having some kind of beef or you might be fish or something in the pasta that uh, comes from protein. So what does my body do with all of that stuff? Now, if I sit down to that Italian meal, the first thing to remember with the four macronutrients is we'll go with alcohol first because it's interesting there's no storage for alcohol. Uh, and it, we get a bit caught up in that, you know, alcohol's good or bad. Uh, some people think it's a toxin. Some people don't drink alcohol just because they it's a religious reason or a moral reason or they just don't want to or they don't like the taste of it. That's me. I, I'm not interested in, in drinking wine. But I need to know how it works inside the body. So it's a, a toxin, which means your body needs to get rid of it. There's no storage capacity for alcohol. So the interesting part of that is if I put the macronutrient of alcohol into my body, it becomes the preferred fuel source. In other words, it, my body has to burn off the alcohol before it's going to burn off anything else that I eat in my Italian meal. So that means that if I have a glass of wine with my pasta, which has got meat and we'll just for the, the sake of this exper experience, we've got meat in our pasta and it's been cooked in olive oil, my body will burn up the wine first. So what happens with the fat, the carbohydrate and the protein is it's not going to get burnt until I've used up the alcohol. Now, the interesting part of that, of course, is if I have two, three, four glasses of wine at my Italian meal, the last thing I probably want to do when I get home is to go and exercise to burn off the alcohol. So 
the thing then to be aware of is what does my body do with all excess calories? So if I'm busy burning up alcohol, what does my body do with the fat, the carbohydrate and the protein that I'm not burning because the alcohol is the preferred energy source? And that's the interesting thing, where do they all store? So obviously we have an enormous capacity to store fat. And I think that's something we really need to, to understand, that we can just keep getting fatter and fatter. How does that happen? Because the other macronutrients, barring alcohol, can turn into fat. If we eat too much protein and if we eat too much carbohydrate, then your body says, well, I, I've got nowhere to store these anymore. I have to convert it into fat. And we've got, as I always joke about, somewhere between 40 to 50 billion fat cells, depending on our uh, DNA, depending on our genetics. And I don't know who counted them. It wasn't me. But those fat cells have the capacity to get bigger and bigger. So if I'm busily burning off my wine, what's happening to my carbohydrate, my pasta, what's happening to my olive oil, my fat, what's happening to my spaghetti bolognese, what's happening to the beef. Well, my body says I can store half a kilo of carbohydrate. So most, uh, and of course it's not exactly 500 grams, but most people have around about half a kilo of store, storage for carbohydrate. So glucose for the brain, glycogen for your liver, glycogen for your muscles. So of the weight that you, you're carrying around at the moment, that's little Bree going off for a walk, my little old, my gorgeous little old puppy dog who doesn't eat pasta, he just eats meat. His, his macronutrient is protein, he likes meat. So I've got a storage capacity of my, if I'm eating pasta and if I've been exercising during the day and I've burnt up all my carbohydrate or I'm close to empty, then I've got a storage capacity of half a kilo, which is a bit less than that. <laughs> so I can store that. That's awesome. But what happens if I don't have empty carbohydrate stores? What happens if I've still got 200, 300 grams of carbohydrate in my storage tank and then I go and fill up with a pasta meal? Now, I love pasta. It's one of my favorite things to eat. Italian food is my favorite. And if we add some bread in there, we've got a, a really cool part of we have pizza as well, we've got bread, we've got pizza, we've got pasta, I've got an awesome meal, but I've got a fair bit of carbohydrate in there. What does my body do with that carbohydrate? Fills up the carbohydrate stores to full, around about half a kilo, and then my body will go through the process of, if I don't exercise and burn it up, will go through the process of turning carbohydrate into fat. It's called de novo lipogenesis very technical. It just means that, yes, I my body says I don't need any more in my storage. Uh, the interesting thing, though, if you've got a fit, healthy, strong body, what your body will try and do, and I, there is a differentiation there. If you've been constantly overloading your body with too much food, if you're not healthy, if you're not fit, if you're not strong, if you don't exercise that high intense uh, do, do high-intense activity, high-intense lifting, punching, uh, sprinting, which is the fuel source is carbohydrate, very interesting thing to take note of. Uh, my body, it, it's not interested in this, I can't burn it up. <laughs> so if I'm really fit and strong and I put in too much carbohydrate, my body says, well, I, I don't need it. My carbohydrate stores are full. So let's see what we can do here. So your body will increase in temperature a little bit. Uh, and often when you have a big Italian meal and you've had bread and pasta and 
uh, pizza and ice cream because uh, I love gelati. Uh, when you go home that night, uh, three or four o'clock in the morning, you might wake up and have to take a doona off. <laughs> you might be quite warm and a bit sweaty. That's your body burning off the carbohydrate that it doesn't need. It doesn't want to turn it into fat. Uh, fat's an extra baggage to carry around. And if you're a high-performing machine, your body doesn't want to carry around too much fat. So it'll do whatever it possibly can to burn up the carbohydrate that you've put in it. But if you keep overloading, 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 and you don't exercise, and you're not fit, and you're not strong, and your body doesn't have a, uh, it's what I call a fat-burning machine. So if you are really fit, your body will store carbohydrate so that you've got the energy to exercise, and it will, when you're resting, be a fat-burning machine. Well, if you're not fit, it's exactly the opposite. Your body says, well, I've, I'll take in the carbohydrate, and then I'll just turn the rest into fat because I don't do very much. So, of course, there's a really cool reason to be really fit and really strong. So, if I eat too much carbohydrate, my body will turn it into fat. If I eat too much protein, my body will turn it into fat. But the interesting part about protein, as I always share, if you have a meal that's got a reasonable amount of protein in it, so you had some fish and you had some um, beef in your spaghetti bolognese, or you might have had some um, sausage meat on your pizza or pepperoni or something like that, uh, what that does to a meal, what protein does to a meal, is it makes you feel full. There are some things that you can eat and eat and eat and you don't feel full at all. Uh, something like a donut, for example, or often chocolate. You can eat a whole stack of it and get a whole heap of calories at once, but you don't feel full. Protein, when you've got a meal with protein in it, it makes you feel full pretty quickly. So if you are a vegan vegetarian, for example, think about where can I put my plant-based protein into my meal to make me feel fuller. But if I eat too much protein, my body says, hey, I've got no more storage space. Uh, my fingernails will grow, my hair will grow, my bones have, have got enough protein, my amino acid pool is full. Uh, I don't need all this protein that you've given me. You've, you've overfed me. So we can turn protein into fat as well. So remember, alcohol, is a, there's no storage for it, so your body burns that off before it burns anything else. Carbohydrate, half a kilo of storage, otherwise it's going to turn into fat. And then protein, it makes you feel full. Your protein stores go into, the, your body's made of protein. That's really exciting. Do you need it? Of course, because everything in your body is made up of protein. Hair, skin, nails, heart, lungs, bones blood, everything's made of, of protein. So my Italian meal, <laughs> what do I do now? I love to eat pasta, but I've eaten too much. So one of the really cool things about eating anything too much is your body will try and burn it off or you can burn it off. Uh, if I eat too much, and one of the, I'm using it, the Italian experience on purpose, because when I go to an Italian restaurant to eat yummy Italian food, I do. I have bread and I have pizza and I have pasta and I have gelati because it's my favorite food in the whole wide world. So there's a couple of things to do there. If you know that you're going to be putting in a large amount of carbohydrate and you don't exercise, there's going to be a challenge there. And you might feel full, you might feel bloated, you might feel uncomfortable. So one of the things that I do before I go to an Italian restaurant is I first of all go with empty carbohydrate stores. So I go on and I sprint for 15, uh, every 15 minutes of my life. I always do something uh, that increases my heart rate. 
So I'm constantly, constantly 20, 30 times throughout the day getting puffed. That's just a normal day for me. But if I'm going to an Italian restaurant, I make sure that I go there pretty much hungry with empty carbohydrate stores so I can fill them up. <laughs> and I do that because I love pasta. Now, if you don't like pasta, if it makes you feel full, it makes you feel bloated, the only question I would ask is, are you not eating pasta because somebody told you that you shouldn't? Or are you not eating pasta because you think it's going to make you fat? Or you're not eating pasta because it makes you feel bloated? And is that because you're not very fit or not very strong? My, the reason I'm asking the question is if you really love to eat pasta and you're constantly, I can't have, I wish I could have, I mustn't have, I shouldn't have, but I wish I could have, what does that do to your psychology? And I'm asking that question because I think we should all live in a headspace where we eat what we love. We eat for performance. We eat for pleasure. We eat because, yes, we want to have a stack of energy. Yes, we want to perform at our best. Yes, we want to look good. And yes, we want to get the results that we want from whatever we put into our body. And if, if pasta is something that you love to eat, and whether it's bread or ice cream or chips or lollies or chocolate or doesn't matter... But if there's something that you love to eat, go back to that original question. Should we always include it in your healthy eating plan? Because does your body need fat? Yes. Does your body need protein? Yes. Does your body need carbohydrate? Yes. Alcohol is probably the only one that you say, well, do we really need it? But if you ask your client, if the person that you are aiming to get them healthy, fit and strong and help them stay that way for the rest of their life, and you say, what do you love to include in your in your everyday eating what do you put into your body? And somebody says to you, I really enjoy a glass of wine every day, or I really enjoy a, a gin and tonic every night, or I really enjoy having a glass of champagne to celebrate. And you say, can't have, mustn't have, don't have, shouldn't have, because alcohol is a toxin. And if you've got alcohol in your system, you won't burn off anything else. Is it possible that you can put, again, a stigma onto a food and it changes somebody's headspace so they have a bad relationship with that particular uh, thing? And this, this one's interesting because... There's no storage for it, no. But <laughs> if you drink alcohol and you exercise, your body will burn up the alcohol pretty quickly. That's the beautiful thing about being fit and strong. You get a fast metabolism. You get a fast base metabolic rate. So you burn. your body actually requires more calories, particularly if you're a bloke and you put on more muscle size, obviously your metabolism goes up. Your base metabolic rate, your body's requirement for calories every day if you've got more muscle goes up. For women, I always find it interesting because we say, oh, look, I don't want more muscle. But if you, as you get older, if you're not maintaining your muscle, you'll lose it. If you don't use it, you will lose it. It's not just a cliche quote. It's what actually happens. And the less muscle you have, the slower your metabolism. So I'll go back to my favorite food, Italian, and I go out to eat. One of the really cool things to remember is if you've got, uh, you've maintained a high level of muscle and you're really fit and you're really strong and you get puffed on a regular basis, and I'll just go to the energy source for getting puffed is carbohydrate. The energy source for lifting heavy is carbohydrate. So if you love to eat foods with carbohydrate, will your body burn them up? Absolutely. Can you turn your body into a pasta burning machine? Yes. Can you turn your body into a bread burning machine? Yes. Can you turn your body into a sugar burning machine? Yes. Can you turn your body into an alcohol burning machine? Yes. Because when you've got a fast metabolism, fast base metabolic rate, so get more muscle if you can, replace the muscle that you've lost, which we all can, and keep it as you get older, so you keep a fast metabolism. If you've got a fast metabolism, your body burns up everything really fast. And that's where I get excited. 
I ask this question all the time. Can I have a fast, fast pasta burning, bread burning, ice cream burning, food burning, calorie burning, fat burning, sugar burning machine? And the answer is, of course, yes. (laughs) That's called get fit, get strong, which is why as an exercise professional, I don't like to spend much time on food. Because if you understand how all of those systems work together, it's obvious that regardless of how much alcohol you put in, if you've got a fast metabolism, you can burn it off. I'll step back from that a little bit. Uh, When we use that terminology, everything in moderation, uh, this is what happens if if you don't use moderation. With alcohol, you get drunk. And of course, that's not nice, regardless of even if you think it's, you know, I'm going out to get drunk, how do you feel the next day? So alcohol with without moderation, you get sick, you get drunk, and you feel terrible the next day. Uh, if you eat too much fat, you get fat. <laughs> that's the outcome. Your body doesn't have to turn fat into fat because it's already fat. If you eat too much carbohydrate, yes, your body will try and burn it off, but it'll turn it into fat. And if you eat too much protein, yes, your body will try and store it, but if you eat too much, your body will turn it into fat. So there's a consequence for everything. If you want it, doesn't matter what you want to eat, can your body burn it up? Yes. But if you put too much in, you've got to accept the consequences. And of course, for alcohol, you'll get drunk. For fat, you'll get fat. And for carbohydrate and protein, if you get too much of it, you'll also get fat. I'm not interested in getting chubby. And I share that respectfully uh, simply because we've got a big challenge in the world right now with obesity. We've got overweight children. We've got people who are really sick because their body has become overweight. Uh, and the interesting thing is, you can't. And I, I often ask this question because I love food, and I know lots of cultures that love food, and lots of cultures that are, their whole life is revolving around food. Can you be an overweight person and still be really healthy? And of course, the answer is yes, because I can still carry lots of fat around, but have a low resting heart rate, healthy blood pressure. Uh, healthy blood sugar levels and healthy cholesterol levels because I'm burning them all up. So even if I eat a lot, I'm still a healthy person. Uh, But I'm now arguing from the extreme because that's not what happens to most people. Most people eat too much of everything. They drink too much of everything and they've become overweight. Their body has become weak, frail, diseased, sick because it hasn't got the ability to, to, to fight. So let's go back to my Italian meal. What am I going to do? Am I going to eat the foods that I love? Please say yes. Am I going to not eat the foods that I don't love? Please say yes. Why would you waste calories on food that you don't like? I always ask that question. Am I going to eat for performance and pleasure? Well, that's completely up to each individual person, isn't it? And then what does my body do? Physiologically, what does my body do with the four macronutrients? So alcohol, my body uses uses it as a preferred energy source and doesn't burn pretty much anything else until I've burnt it up. But if I'm fit, I'll burn it up quickly. Carbohydrate, I've got half a kilo of storage. If I don't use it, it'll turn into fat. To burn it up, I've just got to do high intense activity because when I work in that phosphate system or the lactate system, remember there's three energy systems. Phosphate, 10 seconds, fast, go. Jump high, punch hard, go as hard as you can, 100% effort. Carbohydrate is the energy source. Phosphate inside the muscles. Fast, 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 fast. Uh, 10 seconds to two minutes is your lactate system. The uh, energy source is carbohydrate, but it has a uh, waste product. That waste product, lactic acid, is that thing that causes 
burning sensation in your muscles makes you feel a bit sick. So I'm not particularly interested in exercising in there, but you need carbohydrate for that energy source, which is why you'll often find pasta in an, in an athletic kitchen. If there's elite athletes, Olympians, world champions in a kitchen eating food, you'll probably find them eating cereal, bread, pasta, and often eating lollies and chocolates because they need the high calories. They're burning up so many calories and their energy source for sprinting for high intense activity is carbohydrate. Protein, hard to eat too much of it, but if you eat too much, your body will burn, will not burn it, it'll turn it into fat. Uh, if you have a healthy, fit, strong body, the protein that you eat will go into your amino acid pool and your body will then have strong hairs, skin, teeth, nails, all the things that, that, you, that your body's made of. Uh, fat is already fat. Uh, do we need it? Yes. Argument on how much we need. Uh, and that's the interesting thing about all the macronutrients. There's a really big argument about how much we need. Uh, and when I say argument, the, the science, I can't even say that because there's so many scientists that disagree. But there's, if let's just say, for example, that uh, you need, uh, I'll use protein as an example, you need one gram of protein per kilogram of body weight per day. And if you're an endurance athlete, you might need one and a half to two grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day. And that's a very blank statement because there are a lot of people who eat much more than that and they love eating much more than that. Uh, there's an argument to say that if you don't get that much, that your, your body won't be able to function effectively and it will be difficult to uh, get stronger, grow bigger muscles, have healthy hair, skin and nails. Uh, but again, everybody's different. And where does that protein need to come from? Uh, again, argument about whether it should be an incomplete protein from a plant-based diet or it should be a complete protein from an, uh, an animal-based where you, you, you're eating animal products. There are some people that eat no animal products and they're healthy, fit and strong, feel fantastic all the time. And there are people that only eat animal products. They don't eat any fruit, vegetables or grains and they feel fantastic all the time. So I'm going to go back to my original question. Do you like pasta? Well, if you love it, you should eat it. You should always include it in your healthy eating plan. If you don't like pasta, uh, it doesn't matter how many athletic coaches or nutritionists tell you that it's an excellent food for exercise. Why would you eat it? Because you don't like it, makes you feel full, makes you feel bloated. And people tell me that all the time. I don't eat pasta because it makes me feel bloated. And my response is always awesome, don't eat it. But if you love something, should you always include it in your healthy eating plan? And rather than, I don't like to break things down into macronutrients because I like to call it food and I like to say, go and enjoy your food and have a wonderful meal. And if Italian food is your, your favorite food and you love to eat pasta, then please enjoy it. Be aware that everything we do has a consequence that either gives us energy to perform better or we end up with too much of it and we feel worse and we should be able to find that balance. So should that be something that you work out for yourself, you work out with your client. What do you love to eat? What don't you like to eat? What are you eating at the moment and why do you eat that way? There's all reasons, all different reasons why people eat and should we find them out, whether it's emotional, logical, for pleasure, for performance, because I'm angry, because I'm happy, because I'm going out for dinner with people that I love, because I like to eat by myself. There's all sorts of reasons why people eat. Should we find out where people like to eat? Because there's a, there's all, we've all got different experiences with food and some people want to get an experience from food, not necessarily calories or macronutrients from food. 
Should we find out the best times of the day for people to eat rather than breakfast is the most important meal of the day? What if people don't like to eat breakfast? Uh, you should eat three times a day. What if people are intermittent pastas and they only want to eat once a day? Should we find that all out? So what do you like to eat? Why do you eat that way? Uh, where do you like to eat? When do you like to eat? How do you feel when you eat? Really interesting question, to really important question to ask. Uh, and you'll get all different kinds of answers. Uh, how do you feel if you don't eat? And you could say, I'll feel full and I'll feel hungry, but that's not. That's never the answer. Uh, a very small group of people eat because they're hungry and, and they stop eating when they're full. Uh, there's a lot of people who eat for emotional reasons. They eat for performance. They eat for social reasons. They eat for ethical and moral reasons or not. So should we find that out? And whatever somebody's eating at the moment, should we find out if they're on track or off track to achieving their goals? Should we find out if they were their own high-performance eating coach, why, what would you eat and what, why would you give yourself that advice? And as your exercise professional, what do you need from me? And I think this is a really important question because if somebody is already... They're eating the way they love to eat. They've got a nutritionist or they've got an eating plan that works for them or their, their netball coach or football coach has given them a diet and they, and they love it and they, and they want to eat that way. Who am I as an exercise professional to tell somebody how to eat? I just want to know how food works inside the body, which is why I'm challenging you as an exercise professional. Should you know what the macronutrients are, what micronutrients are, vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, antioxidants, fiber? Uh, should I know how they work inside the body? Should I know where macronutrients come from, where they store, how to burn them up, what energy systems they're used in, and what happens if I get too much of them? Should they be just normal uh, parts of learning for an exercise professional? And I'm going to challenge uh, I, I challenge myself every day on this because I'm asking these questions every day. Should I know my anatomy and physiology so that I have a really good understanding of how food works inside the body? Because a lot of exercise people say to me, I oh, look, I've, you know, I'm a qualified exercise person and I use person very carefully because a professional would never say this. I know everything about exercise. I think I should go and do ongoing study in nutrition. Ah... <sighs> First of all, how could we ever know everything about exercise? And is it possible that as an exercise professional, what I actually need to know about is not the biochemical makeup of food. I really need to know what food does inside a body in each of the energy systems to make sure that I can get people fit and get people strong and fuel them effectively so they can get the results that they want. And could that be physiology rather than nutrition? So there's some great questions to ask. What do you love to eat? And if it's pasta, should you eat it? Yes. If you don't like pasta, don't eat it. No. Does pasta make you fat? Well, it depends. Does pasta make you go faster? It depends. How fit are you? How strong are you? Uh, does your body uh, turn all of your food into fuel that you can use? Or is your, has your body slowed down and become weak and slow and unfit and unhealthy? And it's pretty happy to, to store everything away because you're not burning it up. And the key there, of course, is how fit are you and how strong are you? Because if you're really fit, your body becomes a fat-burning, sugar-burning, pasta-burning machine. Isn't that awesome? Woohoo!